Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. It is a, a day of wonderful, um, tr uh, challenging scriptures, and uh, Sheila started us off with an original tune composition and improvisation on the piano, just absolutely wonderful. Um, this next uh, song, called In Trying Days, is uh, an old hymn. If you, look, if you uh, decide to follow the words along, it would be in uh, the hymnal on 769. If you but trust in God to guide you, just a different version of that song. But words of comfort, words of hope in trying days. If you but trust in God to guide you with gentle hand through all your ways, you'll find that God is there beside you when crosses come in trying days. Trust then in God's unchanging love built on the rock that will not What gain is there in anxious weeping, in helpless anger and distress? If you are in your Savior's keeping, in doubting will he love you less? For Christ who took for you a cross will bring you safe through every loss. The Lord our restless hearts is whole and quietness content. We rest in God's goodwill unfolding what wisdom from on high has sent. God who has chosen us by grace knows very well the doubts we face. Sing, pray, and keep God's ways unswerving. Offer your service faithfully. Trust heaven's word, though undeserving. You'll find God's promise true to be. This our confidence indeed. God never fails in time of need. If you but trust in God to guide you with gentle hand through all your ways, you'll find that God is there beside you when crosses come in trying days. And then we'll move to a piece to lead us into the service um, called Lean In Toward the Light, another Carrie Newcomer song. Uh, Sheila's going to help with the responses and uh, just kind of take baby steps as you sing these responses and jump in with a little harmony, a little more energy, just uh, kind of rise and fall with, uh, with the feel of the song. Lean In Toward the Light, always a good idea. Tomorrow beckons, leaning toward 
kindness, large or slight, shifts the balance toward the light. Waters wind and open wide, leaning toward the light. Don't just walk when you can fly, harmony, leaning toward the light. When justice seems in short supply, leaning toward the light. Let beauty be your truest guide, leaning toward the light. Every kindness, large or slight, shifts the balance toward the light. The prayer I pray at eventide, leaning toward the light. Left undone, be put aside, leaning toward the light. When forgiveness is hard to find, Sheila and Ron, what a great way to start the service. I'm Deacon Amy. It's my pleasure to welcome you to worship at Trinity Lutheran Church in Freeland and online. Hello to everybody worshiping online with us. Uh, it's also my privilege to welcome our Northwest Washington Synod, Bishop Shelley Brian Wee. She's here to uh, share the uh, sermon with us today. So you will notice that the hymns and everything that you'll need will be projected on the walls. Do take a look at that green sheet that you got when you came in that has a lot of announcements. It also has the hymn numbers on it if you want to look up the hymns in the red book before we start the service. I invite you to stand if it's comfortable for you at this time. Gathered together, we worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and we'll join in our gathering, gathering hymn, A Dazzling Bouquet.
we continue with Kyrie Eleison, the words will be projected for you. Continue with this morning's hymn of praise, Open the Door. Got your fingers limbered up? with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, your sovereign purpose brings salvation to birth. Give us faith to be steadfast amid the tumults of this world, trusting that your kingdom comes and your will is done through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Pastor Eric is going to come up and share a lesson with us. The lesson is written in the second chapter of 1 Samuel. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exults in the Lord, my strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. 
There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes the poor and makes rich. He brings low, he also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness, for not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries, shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. The word of the Lord. Surely, as the uh, lessons are uh, lessons of change and uh, uh, challenges and difficulties and torment and difficult times, um, there is a word that always uh, seems to go along with that for me, and that's the word of jubilee, that message in the Bible of release and change. And so this song by Linnea Good is called Bring the Day, the Day of Jubilee. And there will be a refrain for you to sing uh, when we get there, and uh, takes all of us to bring the change about, so feel free to just jump in there. Bring the day. And a restless beat And a call to start anew With a jubilee For the things we've lost Are to be found In our commonwealth And common ground Common dreams and fears The world around Will bring the jubilee This is your part Bring the day Bring the day dance of the jubilee and bring the day look into the wisdom in each face see the world is now a smaller place and it's calling with one voice for a jubilee for the land we tread is not our own an inheritance for us alone but the future's gift to us on loan to live the jubilee bring the day bring the day join the dance of the jubilee and bring the day there's a hope that lives within each breast for a touch of healing time of rest and a vision of life made whole by a jubilee so we share the work, spread forth again, listen for the Spirit's song again, limber up to greet the day of change, and dance the jubilee. Bring the day, bring the day, join the dance of the jubilee, and bring the day. You can hear it in you can see it in the chains release time of reckoning time of grace time of jubilee where the planet is your neighbor's home where the promise is you're not alone let the spirit lead us out as one 
The gospel for this Sunday is from the Gospel of St. Mark, the 13th chapter, beginning with the first verse. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. The Gospel of the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't feel like much gospel there. Excuse me, I have to cough. <coughs> Sorry. You could all hear that. Sorry. It is my pleasure and my joy to be with you today. Um, I am so thankful to be to be with you. One of the best things about being bishop of the uh, of the synod is to worship together with you. So thank you so much for for um, for inviting me and and uh, and being here. I also want to thank you for for who you are, uh, Trinity Lutheran Church. You are amazing. Um, the the ministry that you do locally, the ministry that you do through the synod and uh, through the world with your generous support, um, we so appreciate. What you do on the ground here is making a difference, and um, God is working through you, and um, and the people here are are so grateful. So. So thank you so much for all that you do, and I am so glad to be your bishop. So it's a pleasure to be here. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, from our Savior, Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit who has called us and gathered us here today and who sends us out into the world so that we can share the gospel with every single person that we meet. Amen. On Sunday mornings, we always begin our scripture readings in the middle. There's always more. I mean, we can't read the entire Bible or even an entire gospel or a chapter on a Sunday. That would definitely exceed the 60 minutes that, that we have allotted for worship today. <laughs> so we always need to remember that there is context and other things happening around what we actually read for the scripture readings for worship. So today, you just heard me read Matthew 13, 1 through 8. But does anybody remember what happens right before this gospel reading? It's not a test. I just wondered if, if you knew. 
If you have a Bible or a Bible app on your phone or whatever, you can turn to Mark, or maybe there's Bibles in the pews, I didn't, or in the chairs, I didn't check. Um, but you can turn to Mark 12 and you can look. You don't have to. You can look. You can trust me when I tell you this. But if you are like, well, is she right? You can look it up if you want. Um, but Jesus and his disciples, I'll just tell you the, con- the bigger context of what's going on. Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem. And they're standing in the temple courtyard. And right before today's reading that we just heard from Mark 13, right before Jesus points out a widow to his disciples. This widow is, you know the story, right? This widow is dropping her last two coins into the temple treasury. Remember that story? Now, sometimes we hear the widow and the two coins as an example of something, of someone doing something good. This story is often a stewardship example. Have you, have you heard this as a stewardship, right? Right? Uh, I might have given this sermon, you know, at some point, <laughs> where, where the pastor might say, look, she gave everything, she gave it all, why don't you give at least 10%? Or something, right? But I have to say, on behalf of pastors who perhaps have preached this, that's really not what the story is about. I mean, you can ask that of your people, but that's not really what the story is about. Jesus never says in that widow story, be like that woman. Nor does Jesus say, if only you would give your last two pennies. No, what Jesus says to his disciples at the end of Mark 12 is this. Notice this woman. See this widow. Be aware of this person that most people overlook. See this beloved child of God giving her very life over there see her. It's important to remember this widow when we hear what the disciples do and say in today's gospel reading. Right after Jesus says, see her, the disciples go outside. And true to form, they forget about that widow instantly. And instead, they notice dazzling construction around them. They say, look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Now, to give the disciples a little credit, we do have to understand that the temple was extraordinary. According to first century historian Josephus, the Jerusalem temple of Jesus' day was an awe-inspiring wonder. Newly constructed by King Herod, we remember King Herod, right? Known in history as Herod the Great and also known as a murdering thug to uh, many of his victims. But King Herod was an awesome um, architect. He should have just done that for his day job. But... Uh, the, the temple that he designed was five football fields long and three football fields wide. I don't know why things are always measured in football fields, but that's what it is. Five football fields long and three football fields wide. And Herod used so much gold to cover the outside walls that anyone who gazed at them, it, this was said, anyone who gazed at them with bright sunlight risked blinding themselves. It was thought by many to be the most beautiful building in the world. So accordingly, the disciples, they're impressed. And one of them tries to share his sense of awe with Jesus. But Jesus doesn't have it. He's not dazzled. He's probably still thinking about that widow. So instead of exclaiming about the beauty... He responds to the disciples' remark with a question. Do you see these great buildings? Obviously, it's a rhetorical question. The disciples obviously see the buildings. They've just commented on how gorgeous they are. But Jesus, not stopping to hear the response from the disciples, points out that these buildings are nothing at all. 
While the disciples see glitter and gold, Jesus invites them to see something different. Not one stone will be left on another, Jesus tells the stunned disciples. All will be thrown down. Now, if we were the disciples, Jesus' words would have been something of a downer, right? I mean, think of the day, let's say, that, that the Space Needle was finished, or, or the Eiffel Tower, or Versailles, or whatever. And, and by the way, all of those examples that I just gave are very paltry examples compared to what the temple was back in the day. And yet, if someone said the day that those are done, when they were brand new, and someone looks at it and goes, not one stone will be left upon another, all will be thrown down. It would have been depressing, right? <laughs> to say the least. Okay, I want you to hold on to this story for a minute. Hold on to the story of the widow and the disciples and what Jesus says about the temple. And we're going to go far back in time. I'd move even further over, but I think, I'm, I think the camera is like right here. I promised I would stay within this part. So I'm going to actually move. Okay, the widow and the disciples, I'm going to move over here for a minute. Okay, so they're over here. And now we're going to go back in time. Like I said a few minutes ago, we always enter scripture in the middle. And today's first reading that we had is no exception. What we heard in the book 1 Samuel chapter 2 is Hannah's song after she gave birth to a son. What we don't hear in the, the first reading today was 1 Samuel chapter 1, where Hannah is grief-stricken because she's unable to bear a child. And that's what chapter 1 is all about, is her wanting to have a child for years and years and years, wanting to have a child. So let me just remind you of Hannah's story that we have here. Hannah was born into a world where a woman's worth was based on her bearing children. She was born into a world where a man could divorce her for not having a son. And if he divorced her, she'd end up with nothing. She was born into a world where she depended on having a son in her older years, someone who would support her. So, just to look at this story over here with the widow and the disciples, you have to wonder about this widow in the gospel reading today. Did she not have any children? No son? And so when her husband died, she had no one to support her? Hannah's story and the widow's story, though hundreds of years apart, both unfold in a world that seems desperate. A world of systemic injustice and no safety net. A world where so many people looked at bright and shiny objects rather than the people made in God's image before them. A world where people looked at temples rather than widows. A world where people threw away women because they could not bear children. Going back to the widow and the temple today, Jesus stands on the temple grounds and he begs his disciples. He begs them, look beyond Look beyond the grandeur of the temple, beyond its glitter and gold. Jesus says, look, look where God truly is, with the widow, with those not even allowed in the temple. Look and see, Jesus says, look and see that God is beyond the walls of the temple as truly as God is within the walls. And he says it baldly, these walls are going to crumble. This gold isn't going to last forever. Not one stone will rest upon another. Now, I know. I know this story in today's gospel, if we're truthful, it's not so happy. <laughs> nor is, is that widow's story, nor is Hannah's story. Now, 
we don't know what happens to the widow in today's gospel reading. I hope someone intervened, but I don't know. We just don't know the end of her story. We also don't know exactly what the disciples were thinking. We could speculate that the disciples heard Jesus' words and then they whispered to one another, let's just go back and look at the pretty building without him. We do know that they talk a lot about being the greatest, right? So, But we just don't know. But even though we don't know the ending of these stories, and even though these stories aren't necessarily happy in and of themselves, perhaps part of why we tell the story of Hannah and the story of the widow and the story of the temple and the story of the disciples just not getting it is maybe it helps us to know that things weren't so perfect back then also. I mean, we certainly have our fair share of things not going right in today's world. We have our fair share of widows who are hungry and women who live in desperate conditions. In our world today, we have had over 5 million people die of COVID. We have injustice and violence, racism and hatred. There are still people that society throws away. People that other people don't even look at as human. And it's still so easy to look at bright and shiny objects rather than listen to what God is calling us to do. While we don't know the end of the widow's story in the gospel today, we do know more of the story of Hannah from the first reading today. She did have a son, and she named him, what, Samuel, right? And Samuel had quite an illustrious career as a prophet. We know that because Hannah's story is found in what book of the Bible? Samuel, first and second Samuel, right? Obviously, Samuel became a very big deal. But I can't tell you all of Samuel's story today, but you're welcome to read it in first and second Samuel. But this is what I can say. Hannah gave birth to Samuel. And when she did, she sang. Like Moses' sister Miriam when they crossed the Red Sea. Like Jesus' mother Mary when she visited her cousin Elizabeth. Like women throughout the centuries, Hannah sang. We heard her words. Those are the words we heard in today's first reading. And Hannah sang not just for herself, but like her prophet son would. She prophesied about a new world. A world where the arrogant are silenced, the feeble are strengthened, the mighty are humbled, and the barren are fertile. She sang. You know, beloved children of God, beloved people of Trinity, it's been a tough couple years. Right? So much in our families, so much in our country, in our world, so much. And sometimes it's hard to not be discouraged. Sometimes we want to give up and say that the world's problems are too big. Truth be told, sometimes we just want to look at those bright and shiny things because we're just tired. And that's why we have these stories today. For in times of discouragement, we can hold the gospel reading and Hannah's story and song before us. The gospel reading tells us to pay attention to what matters. And what matters are not the buildings or the institutions that we have built up. 
No, what matters are people, especially people society has thrown away. And Hannah, Hannah's story and Hannah's song, they bring hope. She brings hope in the midst of pain and anguish. Hannah's story tells us new life is coming. And her song tells us that a new world is being born. That God is moving and active. That the way the world is is not how the world will be. Come to think of it. Perhaps that's what Jesus means when he says at the end of the gospel reading today, this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. New life is promised. New life is coming. In the middle of things, in the middle of our stories, our story together, these are words of hope. We live knowing that Jesus is here. We live knowing that Jesus will ever be with us. We live knowing that God's kingdom is growing around us. We live in anticipation and in faith. Be at peace. All will be well. And listen to God's word. Amen. Please stand for the hymn of the day, Turning of the Canticle. My soul cries out with a joyful shout that the God of my heart is praised, and my spirit sings of the things that you bring to the ones who wait. You fixed your sight on your servant's plight, and my weakness you did not spur. So from east to west shall my name be blessed, for the world be about to turn. Last Friday. 
our hearts to God in prayer. Pastor Eric will lead us, and we have a sung response. In one of the most common phrases in the Bible, be not afraid, this version, don't be afraid. According to their needs. God of the past, we give you thanks for all you have given your children the gifts of life and love, of day and night, of stars and wind and clouds and sun. We remember also the liberation from trials and troubles in our lives and our communities. Open our hearts and minds this day that we would come to appreciate the blessings of our days, that we might have an attitude of gratitude and give us a voice to express our thankfulness. In gratitude, we lift our prayers to you. Don't, Don't be, be afraid. afraid, my love is stronger. of the present, we lift up before you all who are burdened and heavy laden. We are mindful of those in our congregation who are suffering with issues of mind and body. We call on you, healer of us all, knowing that you have promised to lead us through the valley of the shadow of death, to still waters and green pastures. Also, we recognize that many, like Hannah, are burdened in this life beyond our understanding. Let us resist judgment and embrace compassion in situations that defy easy explanations. In hope, we lift our prayers to you. Don't be afraid, my love is of the future, you have blessed us with the marvelous diversity of planet Earth and put your unique stamp upon every child created in your image. We pray for a day of peace and justice. We pray that we would be able to avoid crippling anxiety as we view an uncertain future. May we be present to your call to tenaciously advocate for an end to oppression, hunger, and hatred. May we hold to the promise that you have the future and will never leave us. Inspire us by your Holy Spirit to be agents for healing and hope in the world. In trust, we lift our prayers to you. Don't be afraid, my love is stronger.
these things and whatever else is upon our hearts, we offer to you this day, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. And also with you. And share a greeting of peace with your neighbor. <laughs> God's peace. All right, thank you. Thank you for your enthusiastic greetings this morning. <laughs> uh, remember that after worship, we will continue uh, across the narthex to the fellowship hall for uh, some wonderful treats. I hear we have cinnamon rolls inbound this morning. So uh, continue through there for a treat and a cup of coffee after worship. Um, and then if so inclined, head down the hall for adult education. That'll be happening uh, between worship services in the fireside room, this morning, Major General Rose, a 33-year career Air Force officer, is here to share with us about honoring diversity, embracing individual strengths, perspectives, and capabilities. So it uh, should be a fantastic class down the hall this morning. I want to draw your attention to the beautiful cornucopias that adorn our altar space. These were put together by Marcy Bovetz and they're given in celebration of her first grandchild, Charlie. So if you see Marcy, uh, thank her for congratulate her on her beautiful grandson. Uh, the Narthex uh, bouquet that's out on the table outside is given by Kay Miller in loving memory of her husband, Bill. Their 68th wedding anniversary was yesterday. Uh, what else next Sunday? Adult, am I doing something here? Adult education continues next Sunday. Uh, Orion Gudgel, one of our famous members here, will be preaching or speaking next Sunday about how we are all called to serve. And youth announcements. Our confirmation class will meet next Sunday morning at 11.45, following worship in the fireside room. And uh, our Wednesday afternoon youth group that meets every week, we alternate between Zoom and in person. And this week we're meeting on campus hoping for a dry evening so we can gather around our fire pit in the uh, courtyard there. So this week we recognize Veterans Day. So I would love to ask all of our veterans who are in worship this morning to please stand. And I noticed that some of you did come in your uniforms this morning. Thank you, thank you all for being here and thank you for your service. Do we have any other announcements this morning? Christy.
Uh, we continue this morning with the Lord's Prayer. Please stand. <laughs> as you prepare to depart this place and enter into your own areas of worship in the world, receive the benediction. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our sending hymn this morning, Go Make a Difference.
Thanks be to God.